Planet Parsons showed 253 on the 7th of October 2019. Prepare your body and mind for a bumpy ride as we break new boundaries and go where no man or woman has been allowed before. We go beyond the final frontier into the light and dark corners of Planet Parsons. You're probably beginning to wonder now why there are such big gaps between the podcast. I have genuine excuses, but actually more fun would be to say I have a dual personality and I'm someone else during the day sometimes and go off in Metardis. But that isn't true, actually. Um, just after the last time we spoke, <laughs> I did a 10 mile walk across London at sunset and got the most spectacular photographs. Really happy with them. Tweeted the photos. Not unusual for me to do a bit of walking. Walking is my exercise. And uh, when I woke up on the Thursday morning, because that happened on a Wednesday, I couldn't move. I was in absolute agony. As a result, just in case you're eating, I'll be brief. I had torn a meniscus uh, in the left knee and it was bleeding behind the knee, causing something called a baker's cyst. La-di-da. I'm not a consultant or anything, but that's how it was explained to me. Um, so since we last spoke, I have had a knee operation. Uh, which involved going into hospital, as you might expect, because they probably wouldn't have done it in my living room. <laughs> uh, and when I got into the room to have the operation, they do all the things like taking your blood pressure and making sure you know exactly where the operation is going to take place and what you're having done. And then the consultant came in and drew a great big arrow on my left knee so that when I'm under anaesthetic, they don't operate on the wrong one, which I thought was quite cool. And it's still there. I know I have had several showers, but it won't come off. Um, and then they said, right, would you put this gown on and would you put that on? Now, that was on top of the gown. I assumed because I've got quite long hair that I was meant to put my hair in it. It was a bit like a shower cap, you know. And the nurse came back and she laughed and she said, no, they're paper pants. <laughs> so my hair was blowing through the wind as I went in and uh, had the operation and I had some very nice paper pants on. Um, the result is that actually I'm healing and it's doing really, really well. I have uh, exercises to do. I have overdone it a bit, as you might expect, um, and occasionally just have to put my knee up and ice it and do nothing, which is really difficult for me. But uh, I'm not a television watcher and have caught up with quite a bit of television, uh, not necessarily any that I would want to share with you. Um, but as part of my getting better, I have been told by the physio that the best way to walk to keep the weight seriously off the knee is to put your shoulders back and walk like the Duke of Edinburgh, which in case you haven't seen him recently, he's always walked with his hands behind his back. So if you bump into a lady in the street who's walking like the Duke of Edinburgh, it'll be me. Anyway, catching up with television, as I say, I found myself... Um, caught up in a Sunday night series, which is not necessarily my thing at all. Um, and it's an adaptation of Jane Austen's book. She started it in 1817 and she called it The Brothers. She wrote about 17 chapters, I think. And then she passed away, sadly, so it was never finished. But Andrew Davis, who's a famous television producer, he's the one that they say sexes things up. So he makes them a bit saucy. Um, and uh, he had finished the book and turned it into eight episodes. It's called Sanderton. He's renamed it Sanderton. Uh, it's got a great cast. And before the first one, and I was in touch with my mum 
um, because uh, we talk about what's happening on a Sunday night. And I said to her, there's this thing called Sanderton tonight. And Jane Austen wrote the book. And so gave her the whole spiel. And she said, oh, right. Anyway, before it came on, you know, sometimes if uh, you're watching something, even if it's after after the watershed, they'll go, oh, there are scenes of violence or flashing lights. And it just said, just to uh, make you aware that there will be scenes of nakedness and scenes of a sexual nature, which, do you know... (laughs) No, I'm not interested in that thing kind of thing as a rule. But you just think, oh, this is going to be interesting. I might not look at my phone whilst this is on or I might not do something else and multitask. Um, So I watched it and actually uh, set in Victorian times, uh, there was a scene where they, you know, when they went swimming in Victorian times, they got into those little boxes uh, at the uh, seaside and then got out into the water. There was just a scene where there were three men's bottoms. I mean, everyone's seen a bottom, haven't they? Oh, come on. I'm sure they have. And then when I rang my mum the next day, I said to her, did you hear that before the the show started? And she said, yes. She said, I was a bit disappointed. And I said, well, it's interesting. I said, because they obviously thought they were going to get complaints about the three bottoms. And she said, what about the BJ? Okay, now I'm saying BJ because I wouldn't use what BJ stands for as a rule. That's not in my general uh, vocabulary. You can work out what it is. Um, And I said, Mum, I've never heard you use that expression before. And she said, oh, yes, when she was in the fields looking for the deer, there was a girl. And I said, oh, well, I miss that. Anyway, every week since, <laughs> there's been this warning before Sanderton starts and it's got so slow and there's been no sauciness at all until last week. And then there was full-blown sauciness in, uh, or by way of a brothel in London, just little clips of a brothel in London and um, a lovemaking scene on an enormous, it was like like from Harry Potter, but obviously a grown-up version of Harry Potter, an enormous marble snake. But who'd have thought my mum knew what a BJ was? I'm just, honestly. And w- w- on that very subject, I was once going to see Billy Joel with a friend and I'd only just got into Twitter and I couldn't work out what a direct message was and I couldn't work out what, what everybody could read. And I just said, oh, see you Saturday uh, for BJ, meaning Billy Joel. And then I got a series of, of tweets that were coming in saying all sorts of extraordinary things like, that's really unusual for you to... And I was thinking, oh, I don't know. What it, it took me two hours to work out what the connection was. Anyway, we deleted that tweet. However, I now notice that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister here (laughs) in the UK, and I know that you might not be listening in the UK, his initials are BJ and he's being referred to in the press constantly as BJ. So it's it's probably all right now. We'll move on from that, shall we? Um, This week, I, I went back to work and the lift was working, which was really good news because there's a lot of stairs to negotiate and it's only the stairs I'm having trouble with. I can go upstairs, but I can't go down them very well. Just a bit of a stiff knee while I'm recovering. So uh, just imagine me going into London on the train and the tube and any bits I have to walk, I'm walking like the Duke of Edinburgh. And in fact, I'm standing like the Duke of Edinburgh right now with my hands behind my back. I managed Thursday night to get a ticket Uh, for a charity night. Uh, It's a series of of shows at the Harold Pinter Theatre 
Sir Ian McKellen. It's a one-man show talking about parts he's played over the years. And it's just a really intimate evening. So I got my ticket and the money was going to charity. So win-win, really. And he's on at the Harold Pinter Theatre until the 5th of January. I'm saying that for a reason. I don't want to spoil it for you if you get an opportunity to go. He is, it goes without saying, an extraordinary actor. Um, but just fabulous one-to-one. And when I got there, I found that my ticket was in row B. So literally, I could reach out and touch Ian McKellen's nose. I didn't. It it probably would have come as some shock to him if I had. So I didn't. Uh, but it was a great evening. It was three hours. And at the very end, he said, I appreciate this is a charity evening. And this uh, the money from your tickets is going to go to people that perhaps couldn't afford to train in drama that are very gifted. Um, and listed all the people it would go to. And he said, now, I'm going to go to the front where you all exit. And he said, I just wonder whether you might consider putting another fiver in the bucket. Completely understand that you've already paid for your ticket, but it would be lovely to see you. And please come and say hello. So he said hello to every single one of us. We were all able to have a conversation with him. And for many years, I've wanted a conversation with Ian McKellen. And as I was getting closer in the queue to his bucket with my fiver in my hand (laughs) and standing like the Duke of Edinburgh, (laughs) you've got the picture, uh, in the foyer of the Harold Pinter uh, Theatre, I was thinking, I'm going to talk to him about this. I'm going to talk to him about this. Because there was a near near meeting with him uh, a couple of years back. And uh, perhaps you've heard that podcast where he was playing King Lear and I'd been to see the Golden Compass the night before. Anyway, immediately I saw Sir Ian McKellen. And of course, famous for so much classical theatre, uh, for Shakespeare. He's played incredible roles um, and just is a fabulous speaker. And several years ago, I saw The Golden Compass. And I don't know if you're familiar with The Golden Compass, um, but it's uh, the first book of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy. Uh, It was called Northern Lights, but uh, it was paid for in the States, the film. So they changed it to The Golden Compass because that's what it was called in the States. And it's the story of Lyra. And I don't want to spoil it for you because there's now a BBC adaptation that's about to start. And maybe you haven't seen the film. Maybe you haven't read the book. Actually, the book's probably the best thing to read. Um, But in that film is a polar bear called Lorek Bernison. Now, he's been quite badly treated and Lyra has to get away. And this is all set, um, as you can imagine, from the title Northern Lights, where the Northern Lights are. And during the film, which is real life, obviously uh, the polar bear, well, he must have been CGI, mustn't he? (laughs) Otherwise it would have been cruel. Lyra rides on his back through the mountains with the northern lights above their heads. And really, the little girl in my heart was thinking, oh, to be Lyra on that polar bear's back. And Sir Ian McKellen was the voice of Lorik Bernison, the polar bear. So that's what I love him for. And as I was getting closer, I was going to say, you know, nobody ever mentions that. And then as I got really, really close, it occurred to me that was a stupid thing to say. And he'd just been brilliant. Close to so close to me on the stage for three hours that I could almost touch his nose. Probably shouldn't mention the polar bear. So I said, thank you for a lovely evening. Put my fiver in the bucket and off I went. (laughs) 
I had an amazing night. And if you get an opportunity to see him uh, between now and January the 5th, I highly recommend it. Notice there were no spoilers about content. Um, and then last night, um, I went to see an afternoon showing of Judy, uh, the story of Judy Garland starring Rennie Zellweger. There's lots of press about it at the moment. Uh, I, you can't have missed it. Uh, whether it's your thing or it's not your thing, um, I sat in a very small cinema, a little everyman cinema, and there were sofas and I had a little cup of coffee and I'd got my chocolate biscuits in my bag. I always take my own chocolate biscuits. They're never as good as the ones they give you at the cinema. Nobody spoke. I have no idea how long that film was. Rennie Zellweger is Judy Garland. I cried from beginning to end and it was just absolutely beautiful. So I highly recommend that. And the last thing I wanted to say on this extra long podcast, because it's been a while, um, and do remember I am standing here still like the Duke of Edinburgh with my hands behind my back. I saw on Twitter a very sweet Twitter. I don't know um, this man, Chris Robinson, but it was a very sweet tweet. And it was last week and I thought I might leave you with this. It just said as an aside, and I'm, I'm assuming it was a joke and it didn't really happen. But my God, wouldn't you give the person the job if they said it? So Chris Robinson said on his tweet, just been for a job interview. One of the bosses said towards the end of the interview, how well do you perform under pressure? I told him I didn't know the second verse, but I do know all of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> wouldn't you give him the job? I'd give him the job. Uh, if you would like to contact me, there is an email address. It's lynn at lynnparsons.net. lynn at lynnparsons.net. Sending you love and autumn sunshine. Lynn Parsons. She's a cool, happening chick. And she's mad.